This podcast is brought to you by 199.com. That's 19NINE.com. Go to 199 for your latest apparel, including vintage t shirts, retro college basketball shorts, and more. These guys have some of the greatest apparel on the market. Don't miss out today. Go to 199.com and get geared up for the summer. Now, here's today's podcast. In this episode, we talked to BYU assistant Cody Feger. We chat about Coach's journey in coaching, starting under legendary coach, the late Rick Majerus, and moving ultimately up to where he's at now, in charge of one of the most potent offenses in all of college basketball. Let's get to it. Coach, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, I thought we'd kind of just start at the beginning. I imagine here before too long, you'll be a a household name for for college (laughs) basketball, but um, let's start at the beginning with your experience at, at Utah and what you've learned and what you took away and then we'll just kind of progress through. Yeah, so so at Utah, you know, I uh, was lucky enough for, to work for Coach Majerus there. Um, and, you know, Hall of Fame coach and started in, in at Marquette and he won a national championship there and he went to the Final Four at Utah. He went at Ball State. Obviously, you guys know that kind of in Indiana. But, um, yeah, he, he, he's an incredible coach. Um, loved working for him, learned so much. Um, I mean, his accountability um, was second to none. That was all day, every day, whether it was players, staff, you name it, hotel room uh, people. He was holding everybody accountable <laughs> at all times, athletic directors. Um, yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he was really tough, really hard, really demanding. Um, and I was lucky to work two years for him. And... Um, yeah, it was just every day. That's kind of where I learned about every day and just how hard hard it was every day because, you know, I'd meet him for swimming at 7 a.m. just about every day. And then, you know, I then I'd go to school after that. And, and then after that, we'd have practice and we'd meet forever. And and um, then I wouldn't get home until about 10 or 11 every night. Wow. Um, yeah, so I was lucky to start, start that at 18 years old. Um, and then obviously our teams are really good. You know, we had really good players. We ended up having Andrew Bogut, who was the number one pick during that time. Um, I met a lot of really good people, really good coaches. That's where I got to meet Kerry Rupp. And that's how I got to meet you, you know, Jeremy, uh, yeah. down there at University of Indiana at that camp yeah. back in 2004, 2005, <laughs> I think. Years uh, ago, man. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was incredible. Um, got my undergrad master's there. Um, just just really learned the ins and outs of college basketball at University of Utah, and um, worked for a Hall of Fame coach, and worked work with really good players. and And then I went to um, Louisiana Tech after that. Um, that's where Kerry Rupp was the head coach for yep. four years. Uh, got to work with Carl Malone um, awesome. for four years down there, and and. Um, you know, he, he was around once in a while, but uh, he was great to the players and everybody. And um, at Louisiana Tech is where I really learned to build a program. Because when I got to Utah, that place was already set up. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got to Louisiana Tech, I mean, I think they won seven or eight games that year and had six seniors. So we lost everybody. Um, so we had nobody. And then that first year under Coach Rupp, we won six games. We took a bunch of transfers that sat out. The next year we won 15 games. 
Uh, and then the next year after that, our third year going in, in there at Louisiana Tech, we won um, 24 games. We actually started out 17 and two, and then a couple guys got injured. A couple of our main guys got injured, um, where we really only played, I think, nine guys that year, really, because uh, we had a couple other transfers. But that's kind of where I really learned to build a program was at Louisiana Tech and just what it takes and all the hard work. And, you know, we had uh, our, uh, uh, what's it called? Not like our academics were terrible there when we first got there. So it was the APR. Yeah, the APR, I can think of it. So we had to change everything around at that place. And um, it was an incredible experience. Re- really learned a ton there and was lucky to work for Coach Rupp who gave me a ton of responsibility. Yeah. So I had a chance to work with Coach Rupp, as you mentioned, at IU and and awesome coach, tremendous knowledge of the game. What stood out to you with with Coach Rupp and and um, what are some things, maybe specifics that you learned from him? He loved basketball, right? I mean, he could talk basketball at all time. Doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. You might say hello to somebody in the parking lot. Next thing you know, they're you know, in a stance and talking about who knows what in the parking lot forever, you know, and he just loved, loved it every second of it. Um, He had great relationships with the players too. You know, he really took care of them and really cared about them. And he didn't love to do anything else. He didn't love to eat. He didn't love to, you know, do anything other than watch basketball, talk basketball, be around basketball. And I mean, that was, that was incredible, you know, Um, Starbucks and, and hoop, man. So, <laughs> he loved his one ch- ice chai, you know, and yeah. that was all he did, man. And yeah. uh, still does it to this day, you know. It's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. So then, from Louisiana Tech, uh, what was your your path then? So then we went. Then I got to UC Riverside, and I was there for one year. Uh, my wife and I, we just had our. She was nine months old, and we went to UC Riverside. Um, worked for Jim Wildrich, who okay. um, was the head coach at Kansas State. He was the head coach at Louisiana Tech. He was an assistant to the Chicago Bulls team after, um, uh, and he worked with, what's our guy's name, uh, Tim Floyd. Yep. And that's where he learned the triangle offense from, uh, who's the famous coach? You Tex Winter. Yep, from Tex yeah. Winter. Um, awesome. So he was the head coach down there at UC Riverside. And then I went from UC Riverside to um, – Utah State was there with Stu Morrill, who's, you know, a legendary coach in Utah, um, was there for a year at Utah State as director of basketball operations and then went from Utah State to BYU. Um, and, uh, yeah, BYU to Utah Valley. And then, okay. yeah. And your, and your roles as director of operations, obviously you um, knew you wanted to be a coach, probably limited in some respects um, in terms of working directly with the players and off-campus recruiting. But what were some of the, the responsibilities and, and how did you see those as progressions on your way to, to be a, an assistant and ultimately head coach? Yeah, with, 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 with recruiting, I couldn't call kids, anything like that, but I would be calling AU coaches. I'd be calling international guys overseas just trying to build my network that way because I knew that was really important Mm -hmm. and then I just tried to build the best relationships with players that I could Mm -hmm. and and you know always be there for them and all that kind of stuff but that was really important for my next step is just having a baseline with recruiting 
and just having the relationship with the players. So as soon as I could step on the court, then there, you know, there was there was no issues that way because they already knew I had great basketball knowledge because I would, you know, I mean, as the ops guy and all that stuff, you are, you're in there, you know, everything yeah. that's going on. Um, and I was lucky to, you know, work for so many good, really good coaches that gave me so much responsibility in that, that way. So, you know, I, I mean, I do travel and, you know, travel, scouting reports, I'm involved in every single piece of that program other than calling recruits mm-hmm. and just being on the floor and doing every single drill with them. But other than that, I was a part of every aspect of the program and, right. and, and those two main things, right? Building my recruiting network and uh, building relationships with the players. And then that kind of paid off once you got your your chance at Utah Valley and, and talk about that. You got your opportunity to be assistant where you're you're are, you know, working directly with the players and also recruiting and and yeah, talk about that experience. Yeah, I mean it was it was a huge jump, you know. Um but but it was pretty pretty easy because, you know, I, I was right there. I mean, I already know who to who knew who to call, what we were looking for. And then from my experience at Louisiana Tech, where I knew kind of how to build a program, that's what really helped. Uh, it was like the same thing where we had six seniors um, from the previous coach who was a really good coach, right? But we had six seniors that next year and we ended up winning uh, 12 games, but we took three transfers. And that's kind of where we started. You know, at Louisiana Tech, we took transfers and that's kind of how we got things rolling. And we did the same thing at Utah Valley where our goal was to uh, get old and stay old as fast as we could. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was our goal is that we just took transfers from high majors, whether it be Xavier, Oklahoma, Utah, BYU, Oklahoma State. We took guys from, you know, all over the country during that, that deal at, at uh, Utah Valley. And um, my boss, Mark Pope, is incredible, you know, and he is relentless. He's nonstop. He's all day, every day. He reminds me of Coach Rupp in a lot of ways. They're really good with, you know, relationships with guys and, and taking care of guys, and they're always trying to get better every day and try to push everybody on staff and, and you know, the players and things like that. So um, ha- having that experience at Louisiana Tech really helped me here at Utah Valley. That's interesting. And then now at BYU, and you guys have had tremendous success, and, and um, you know, I think you get the trajectory just keeps ascending here. But uh, what are some of your responsibilities? And um, and obviously, Coach Pope brought you back over to, to BYU. So how is that? It's, it's been really great. I mean, you, BYU is incredible. Like, no one, no one talks about it, thinks about it. But there's 20,000 fans at our games, and it's insane. Wow. You know, it, it's insane. Uh, people love sports here in Utah, especially basketball. It's, it's, a, it's a basketball state like Indiana. It is a basketball state with Utah. BYU, Utah State, Utah Valley, we were, you know, a bunch of really good basketball schools and really good basketball coaches. Um, and kind of my responsibilities, like at Utah Valley, I was always in charge of offense and here at BYU in charge of offense. And then every third defensive scout. So every game I have offense and every, um, every third game defensively. And then obviously the same things with recruiting. Um, I did scheduling at Utah Valley and then the first year here at BYU, but I don't have to do scheduling anymore. That's the, I think that's the worst, hardest, hardest and one of the worst parts of our jobs, just because 
you know, every coach is trying to get that competitive advantage and it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard. Um, and, you know, guards, I'm in charge of the guards over here. Um, what about, yeah. let's, let's talk about the offense, if you don't mind. When you say you're in charge of the offense, is there kind of total autonomy in what you're running or just implementation of what maybe the staff has agreed upon or what does that look like? So, you know, Coach Pope is, you know, he's really, really smart. And we spend a lot of time together just bouncing ideas off each other, you know. Um, like, so when we went from BYU to Utah Valley, we kind of took what we were running at BYU and just tweaked it a little bit at Utah Valley, and we just ran it. And and we got better and better as coaches at, as, as it, at it. So me and him would just spend time on, you know, um, spend time on our offense and just talk it. And, you know, I'll watch certain things. Like, I'll, I watched a ton of Michigan this year because we got two bigs. Um, and he, you know, and he watched a ton of more of Gonzaga and different things like that. And then we'll just kind of go back and forth and just kind of, just kind of put the offense together. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously he's the head coach. So he's, he's, he's making the final decisions at the end of the day, but Mm -hmm. I'll come in with a ton of different ideas and, and things like that. And we spend a ton of time together. Um, but, but we rely on each other a ton for our offense and, and so going into games, I'm going to watch the other team's defense. All right, coach, here's how they're going to guard us. Here's this. Here's that. Um, you know, here, here's how to get them to change what they're going to do defensively, and here's how to go at that when they, when they go there. Here's a specific player to go at defensively, like, oh, we can get him up on a backdoor of this action. Um, and, you know, that, that's kind of the main main thing we do. Like, first off, do they zone man how do they guard ball screens how do they guard the post um just different uh different ways where we can take advantage and i'm in charge of making sure that's right and ready to go so essentially um, you'll watch all of the other team's defense and then every third of their offense yes every every third game then i'll have the defensive scout too so i'll some games I'm like, oh, oh crap, you know, I got, all right, they scored on this end and we can't score on that end. So <laughs> exactly. I, I got to step it up, you know, at that point. But, um, That's funny. yeah, it's, then, it's good. Go so you, uh, so you guys' offense has been really good. I mean, top five in the country type good. What, what makes it so good? So we were the number one three-point shooting team in the country this year, and we spend a ton of time to shooting. We spend a lot of time in shooting. That's like, the most important thing to us, you know, we have this shot tracker that takes takes track of all our, our players' shots, and it's really important to my boss. And, you know, we talk about, hey, Steph Curry gets up 500 threes a day in the offseason, 500 threes a day. So we talk to her about that, our guys. You know, he's the best shooter in the world yeah. and has been for a while, and he's still getting that many shots up. So we'll spend so, many, so much time on that. And what's big, big part of us with shooting – is my boss gives these guys so much confidence. Like he never talks about whether a shot goes in or not. Never once talks about a shot going in or not. He only talks about is our players owning that shot and finishing that shot. So we'll watch film and we'll be like, hey, you, you know, you didn't own that shot. That's not a great shot. But if you own every single shot, that's the only thing that matters is you finishing that shot. So he never talks about shoots and follow your shot. It's just owning that shot. How so does that, he define owning your shot? So owning that shot is just when you finish it and you just hold that follow through basically until it goes in the hoop. 
Gotcha. And that's really important. And every single one of our practice shots is like that, game shots. Every single time we talk about that. And if you don't take an open shot, you're coming out also. That's the, that's the one way you're going to come out of a game, really, is if you don't take an open shot. Yeah. So it takes any confidence issues out of it because you're like, well, I got to shoot it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to shoot it, and I have to own that shot. That's really important. As a, lot of the, as a lot of the shooting, um, kind of volume shooting, uh, where it's on a gun or, you know, with, with maybe just a coach working them out or some of it uh, live or competitive um, or decision-making elements or anything like that as well? Both. Yep. Yep. So we'll get into some drive and kick stuff and have our guys kind of go in that where we'll have three defenders out there and just kind of drive and kick and react that way. Um, but it's a ton of volume catch and shoot shots because that's really important. Catch and shoot. Like, you know, we don't do a ton off the move. We'll do a little off the move. But the, at the end of the day, there's not a lot of guys that are shooting a ton of shots off the move right now. Right. It's ball screens and it's spraying out that way. Yeah. You know, or it's hitting the roll and roll hitting the corner. Yeah. Um, so we'll spend a ton of times in, in our drawn kick spots just ready to shoot, and we finish every shot. And that's the most important thing is that we finish every shot. We had an incredible passing team last year. These guys played really unselfish. So that, that's really helped us. Um, so we'll, we'll take so much time, and we'll, we'll talk about that stuff every single day is owning that shot and working hard for your teammate to get them a shot. We work hard to get our teammate a shot. You've gotten some recognition lately on the impact you have on your teams and, and your rising stock in this profession. How do you respond to all that? Um, just doing the same thing as every day. You know, yeah. I, 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 I'll spend so much time just with our players and, 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 uh, you know, I've been lucky. My boss is un unbelievable to work for and, He'll, he'll, he'll do a great job. He talks about everybody on our staff all the time and all of our players. And he does a great job of kind of blowing everybody else up, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of like where we get all that from. Uh -huh. So he'll say something great about me and, you know, we'll try, I'll try to talk about coach Burgess, coach Robinson, all, everybody else on staff and try to do the same thing. It's just, it's just really important. And, you know, I, for me, I don't, I don't even think twice about it to tell you the truth, just because, you know, it's um, paper and, and um, I just want to win. I just want to win and help these guys get better. Uh, now, is, is your goal down the line eventually be a head coach, or is that not something that you focus on, or do you have kind of specific no, goals? For, for sure, for sure. I really want to be a head coach. Um, and, you know, I've been – since I've been 16 years old, I've wanted that chance and wanted, you know, um, that opportunity. And Coach Majerus is so great to give me that opportunity, but that, that's been my goal. You know, I want to do what – Dusty May is doing down there for FAU and all those other guys that have came up as managers and different things like that is, you know, Mick Cronin. You can go down the line of all these guys that have done an unbelievable job, um, you know, as managers and, 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 and gotten to the top. And, and, and I want a chance to, to get there. Wrapping up here, what's something you're looking to improve upon uh, over the next few months or kind of in the in the short term that you're trying to add to your coaching toolbox so to speak so me I'll, I'll uh, you know I try to with our players is is some of the some sometimes I want to just um, not say too much at the end of the day you know so I want to shrink shrink what I'm saying and just you know 
like we talk about be there on the catch on a closeout. And right now we're shrinking everything up and we'll talk about catch two. That means be there on the catch and catches move. So catch two. So I, I'm trying to shrink everything down. And that's something that Coach Majerus was incredible at, right? His, his terminology was so tight. And he was on top of it at all times. And that's something that I've been really working on, um, me personally. And then just working, listening to a couple different podcasts on just um, thinking outside of the box, which I think we really do an unbelievable job here already at BYU is thinking outside the box and how we recruit, you know, um, what we sell to players, uh, what we sell to recruits. That's just something that we spend so much time on is kind of being outside of the box that way. And then also connecting with these guys. Like we talk about trying to connect with each one of these players every single day, you know, um, like every single day during this whole COVID deal, I'd be FaceTiming every single one of our players wow. individually, like just spending time, just, you know, just, I, I think that's so important nowadays is just connect with these guys every single day. And that, that matters to them. So I, I'd say, yeah, connecting with these guys every day, you know, sh shorten up the terminology a little bit and then outside of the box recruiting wise, because obviously we're in zoom, we had to, we had to change things up, but yeah, what we do and how we do it, I think we do it at a high level on kind of thinking outside the box. That's awesome. Well, Coach, I know you got another meeting here coming up and you get a chance to work with the guys on the court. So I really appreciate the conversation and, and look forward to following your success. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, man. Take care. Too. Coaches, thanks for tuning in to our conversation with Coach Cody Feger. And until next time, impact somebody else.